The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Hey, this is Pastor Doug Bursch, and you are listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. So you want your life to have meaning, right? Everyone wants their life to have meaning. I guess there's maybe some guy named Carl in Minnesota who's like, eh, whatever. But I think the rest of us, we want meaning in our life. On today's show, I'm going to talk about how you can have a conversation with one person that can change the lives of thousands of people. Yes, you, not the guy next to you. You can have a conversation. You can do something that can change the lives of thousands. How's that for clickbait on today's Fairly Spiritual Show? Thanks for listening. I'm going to tell you right up front. I didn't want to tell you what today's show's about because I thought people wouldn't listen to it. I didn't think enough of you. I, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I thought if you heard the topic, you'd be like, oh, I don't want to listen to that. Because today I'm going to talk about the power of appreciating and showing appreciation to pastors and ministers in your midst. Uh-oh, I lost you. You're gone. No, you're still with me, right? <laughs> now some of you are like, oh, I got to listen to the show, <laughs> even though I don't want to. It's a catch-22. But today I want to talk about, and I, re- I really believe this. By the way, by saying I really believe this, does this mean I don't believe other things? I, I think I believe whatever I'm saying on this show. But I believe this uh, is an incredibly important role that each of us have that we don't often follow through on. And this is hard because pastors don't preach messages about how you should encourage them. It's just not easy to do that. In fact, if you go to a church where the pastor is constantly talking about how you should encourage him, eh, this might be a bad church. So there's a struggle there, right? You know, a humble pastor, they're thinking about other people. And so we often, in the churches we are in, we don't get pastors talking to us about the importance of honoring uh, the pastors. Now, I'm a pastor, and in doing this, I have people in my congregation who might listen to this show, although I th- most people in my congregation don't listen to this show. But I- if they did, they might think I'm doing some convoluted way to try to get encouragement from them. And, and I, they know me, that my church encourages me. This is not why I'm doing this. This is not some passive aggressive thing. It reminds me of I have a friend who uh, once he talked about in one of his sermons, he said he had a really bad TV. That was one of the illustrations, that wasn't the main purpose of his sermon. But he, he mentioned that he had a bad TV, and that week someone in the congregation uh, bought him a TV. And I said to him, you better never preach about having a bad car, because you know, I don't want you you know, using that sermon so you can get a new car. So, so it's hard you know, to talk about encouragement, but I think we don't understand how much power we have as individuals to change the world. And and Satan wants us to live anemic lives. He doesn't want us to exercise our giftings. But right now, I can guarantee this. If you are involved in a, in a, in a community, in a Christian community, and by the way, at some level you should be, whether you're facilitating a Bible study in your home or, or just working in some context where you're building Christian community. By the way, if you're not doing that, pick up my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. But if you are in a Christian community of any kind, you can radically influence the culture of that community if you take seriously the words I'm going to share with you today. 
you have been called to encourage your leaders. You have been called to encourage your pastors. And when you intentionally embrace that mission, you can change the lives of thousands. I don't believe it's whatever. I don't believe it's just, yeah, if you don't do anything, the pastor's going to be fine. I actually believe that we are responsible for helping others. I believe that we are a community and everyone is needed in order for people to move forward in healthy ways. Right now in America, there are pastors who are going to quit. They're going to give up because it's just too hard for them. And uh, they need encouragement. They need someone to, to come to their office and say, I'm with you. I'm for you. How can I pray for you? I'm here to encourage you. There are ministers in deep despair, not able to share that despair, because often the despair of ministry is there's things going on that you really can't share in the church. There's, there's uh, you know, they're dealing with the fact of some terrible event that has occurred where you, you find out someone's abusing someone else and you, you find out someone's left someone else or someone's addicted to this and you're trying to process all these things or you maybe have an, an elder board who's upset with you or someone is trying to get you fired and there are all these things that you can't share with the larger group out of confidentiality and you're barely making it. And it is amazing how powerful it is when someone just comes in and says, I'm for you, I'm with you, I'm praying for you. How can I serve you? How can I bless you? So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, this month is Pastor Appreciation Month. We're at the very end of this month, and I thought it'd be appropriate for me to do a show on Pastor Appreciation when it's really too late. It's too late. I know it's the end of October. It's too late. My church is going to be celebrating Pastor Appreciation Month this Sunday, uh, and, and they'll be doing something for us. But for you guys, it's too late. Uh, and that's too bad because after this month, it's pastor depreciation. You know, it's all downhill from here. So what are you going to do? No, I think it's important for us to talk about it now, because although I do like the fact that a month has been set aside where we intentionally look at the role that ministers play in our lives and how can we intentionally encourage them, I want you to think about the power of encouragement beyond just a Sunday where you might give Starbucks cards to your pastor. That's important. That's good. But we also know this, that obligation things, where it can become obligation, where, well, it's a thing we're doing. Someone made an announcement, better do something. That's different than just intentional encouragement that comes out of the blue. You know the difference, right? You get a Christmas present on Christmas, it's kind of expected. You get a present in the middle of the year for no reason, that means something differently. So I want to look at this a little bit on uh, pastor appreciation from a couple perspectives. And one of the perspectives, too, is uh, I've noticed, like, as I'm on social media, that uh, pastors just get ripped up on social media. And, th and there's one, one of the reasons is there's a lot of bad pastors out there. There's In the news, there's stories of terribly abusive pastors. And, and there's nothing wrong with sharing that news. In fact, it's good. I'm glad when we share that there's abusive pastors, that we bring the truth to the light, that's good. But I know for me that I'm involved in some social media communities where there's people I've followed for years who do not say good things about pastors. They just don't. They primarily, and I can't say always or never, but at least whenever I'm reading their feed, it's 99% just everything wrong that a pastor has ever done. Every bad pastor, every bad church. And that's almost their ministry to just talk about bad pastors. And then they talk to me like, hey, Doug, we like you. And then it's just a series of, you know, leave the church, leave the pew, leave this corrupt system. And then it's like, hey, we love you, Doug. You're great. And leave this. And everything is just this negative, harsh, you know, the church is corrupt. Pastors are corrupt. The system's corrupt. It's just this 
relentless spirit of everything about what Christians and pastors and churches are doing is wrong. We love you, Doug. That's fine. And you get in that environment for a while and it's pretty tough. We also know that negative news trends better than positive news. So people don't sit down and go, hey, I want to just highlight a pastor who's doing a good job. I want to intentionally do a five-part series on this wonderful pastor. We'll do five-part series on someone we think is terrible, but we would never even consider that. Again, I don't have a problem with blogs who spend, you know, post after post after post going after the bad guy, but we never do post after post after post uplifting the good guy. We just don't because we live in a sinful world and we focus in on the sins far more than on the goodness that exists in the world. And people wouldn't read it. People wouldn't read that. Like, why, are you, why do you keep praising this person who's doing good work? We're tired of it. Show us what's wrong in the world. So it's very important for us to learn how to show appreciation. It's very important for us. And if you enter into the ministry of encouraging pastors uh, through social media, through Facebook, uh, in person, if you intentionally work on the ministry of encouraging pastors, you're going to be one of the very few people out there. If you intentionally highlight not just your pastor, but other ministers, anyone that you see who's shining light and bringing life into the world, if you begin to do that, if you begin to, again, you can still highlight bad things in the world. We should. We should bring the darkness to the light. But if you begin to intentionally see that one of your roles is to encourage people who are trying to make a difference, the people who who see corruption and are trying to make things better, the people who see what's wrong with the church and are trying to give better examples of the church, if you see those people and you begin to highlight them and you begin to bless them and you begin to encourage them, one, you're going to be in a class of very few people. You're going to find that in your social media feed, you're going to be one of very few people who does that. And you're going to change the lives of thousands of people. Because if you can encourage one leader to continue on, that leader is going to be investing in thousands of people. You can change generations. If you can encourage the evangelist, you're a part of the evangelism. If you can encourage the prophet, you're part of the prophecy. If you can encourage the pastor, you're part of the preaching. You understand that reality, right? That if you can be the one who says, I believe in you, now you go speak. You go teach, you go preach, you go serve, you go lead. And if you can give them an encouragement, a spirit-led encouragement, the world can be changed through you. You might say, I don't have the, you know, I don't have what other people have. You don't have to have what other people have. You don't have to be a super verbal person. You don't have to want to be platformed, but you can transform the world through intentional encouragement. This is important stuff. We live in a culture where one of our favorite pastimes is just criticism. But the scripture gives a warning that one of the most dangerous things to do is to behave in a way that destroys the body of Christ. I'm going to give you some practical ways to encourage pastors and to encourage the church when we come back. More to come. Hey, thanks for listening to today's show. Hey, if you want to give feedback to the show, or actually to me, we don't give it to the show, but to me, uh, you can call this number, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513 and give feedback. You can also go to my website, fairlyspiritual.org. That's fairlyspiritual.org and donate to keep this show on the air. We need your donations to keep us going. And you can also pick up my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. I received some encouraging phone calls this week. They were so important to my livelihood. Thank you. So call 
4513. You make all the difference in the world. Your life matters, and it's my goal to encourage you this week. All right, so we're talking about appreciation and pastor appreciation. And before I get into just some practical ways that you encourage pastors and ministers and anyone who's serving the Lord in your church, I want to read a scripture that gives us a warning about how important it is to be in right relationship with the body of Christ. Uh, Paul talks about uh, the danger of behaving in a way that destroys the temple of God. And when he's talking about the temple of God, he's talking about the gathered community, the church. He says this in 1 Corinthians 3, 16. He says, do you not know that you are God's temple? And when he's saying you there, that's a plural. Americans read that and we go, oh, he's just talking about me. The you is plural. So it actually should be a Southern thing. Do you not know that y'all are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in y'all? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Now, this scripture has been misused. It's been misused for selfish reasons. Some people have even used this for, which is just terrible. And I just have to mention this. They've said, this is why suicide is unforgivable. Suicide is not unforgivable. Certainly no one should take their life. If you're feeling suicidal, we want you to reach out for help. There's there's wholeness and life for you. And 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 there are people who would be devastated, who, who if you took your life, you would harm them and their whole lives. They would have tremendous sorrow because of that act. And you wouldn't want other people to have tremendous sorrow. So there's hope for you. But this scripture is not talking about that. The scripture is not talking about your body being the temple. And if you take your life, then God's not God's going to destroy you. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about you all. Paul's saying you all, the gathered church, are a temple. This is important. When the church gathers, this is a temple. And everyone is full of the Holy Spirit. And if someone comes in and tries to destroy the gathered community, God will destroy that person. That sounds kind of Old Testament, doesn't it? But it's a strong warning. And it's a strong warning to us when we become so flippant about our criticisms and our critiques of the church. Now, again, I don't have a problem. I think we should speak against injustices. I think we should speak against sin. But the scripture warns us, if you are speaking and acting in a way that is dividing the temple of God, if you are known as a divisive person, God will destroy you. If you destroy a church expression, God will destroy you. I don't even know what to do with that. I don't even know. It's just in there. I just have to let it stand. So I think we should at least be careful with looking at our lives, examining, am I behaving in a way that is harming this church? If everyone behaved the way I behave, how would it look? It matters. It matters. Like, if everyone gave the way I gave, would this church survive? If everyone talked the way I talked, would this church survive? If everyone served the way I served, would this church survive? If everyone did what I did, or would this church be divided? Would this church disappear? Would it die? There's a sacred responsibility for gathering in community, and it's more than just you being fed. It is so much more than, well, you know, no one called me. It's a sacred Sacred thing to be a part of the temple of God. Oh, that sounded a little harsh there, Doug. Okay, so let's let's dial it back. But it's true. That scripture there just it kind of shocks me. It makes it, it makes it where then I have to be really careful when I talk about other ministries or other people that the warning is if I do anything to destroy God's temple, 
that God will destroy me. So I need to make sure that whenever I'm speaking, I'm truly speaking with the authority of God about true injustices, or I'm not just speaking because, yeah, you know, I like to complain and I'm angry and I'm upset. And it doesn't matter because, you know, it's Facebook and Twitter and I can do what I want. It's my opinion. See, God doesn't care if it's Twitter or Facebook or something we're doing at Starbucks or what we're talking about after the church. God's not going to be like, well, you know, everybody else was doing it. If we destroy his temple, God will destroy us. I don't even know what that means. I, I, I just, I hope there's grace sufficiently to overcome this. I, I, I just, we have to look at that and let it stay there. But okay, let's move on. So I want to give you some areas where you can radically encourage your pastor. Because if we believe this is a spiritual battle and, and we believe that there are demons and there is Satan does exist and he doesn't want the advancement of the kingdom, then if you have a good pastor, your pastor is going to be attacked and that your pastor needs support. If you believe that, if you believe good things are happening, if you believe they are truly pursuing the kingdom of God, if they truly are uh, people who are doing what God has called them to do, then they're going to face attack and they need your encouragement. So here's just a list of things. One way to show appreciation and encouragement, appreciation for your pastor, show up early and stay late to any service or gathering. Show up early and stay late. And the reason you show up early and you stay late, because you're showing up to reach the people who need love. For me as a pastor, one of the most disheartening things is people who show up late and leave early. And I understand sometimes you got to do that. It's fine. You know, life's busy. Uh, my wife can show up late. I can show up late. I, I get it. You show up late to church because you're not going to get fired. It's family. You show up late to family events because you can. It's family. I get that concept. But if you want to show appreciation for churches to grow, for churches to thrive, visitors come every week or hurt people come every week, and they're waiting for someone to love them. When you show up early and intentionally look for someone to love, the church thrives. And what encourages me as a pastor is when someone shows up just five minutes early and they go find someone to love. When someone stays five minutes afterwards and they look around the room and they find someone to love. When we show up late and we leave early, then it's really just kind of about us. We don't talk to anyone. We just hear a sermon and we leave. There's no way that that cannot just be about us, right? If it's just, you know, we hear something, we, we do our, our religious ritual. But if we show up early and we leave late, at some level, we're trying to connect with someone and love someone. That means we need to check in with someone. There's someone we've been praying for. There's someone we care about. There's a visitor we want to greet. There's a new person we want to welcome. There's something we want to do other than just get fed. So a great way that I, my heart is just enlivened. You want to have joy in my heart to see someone show up early or stay late. At another practical level, it is just almost impossible. Sometimes worship teams will start, you know, will start the service and there's just no one there or hardly anyone there. It is so hard to do that, especially in smaller congregations where you just feel defeated. You put all this effort in to try to serve the body and the body isn't there and you just feel defeated. So it's a great way to show appreciation. And some of these things might make you feel condemned and everything. I'm not trying to make you feel condemned. I'm just showing if you want to bring life and light to those who are serving you, if you just begin to show up early, they're just going to be happy. You're going to make them happy. Unless you show up early to complain. But you know, it's just, you're, going to, you're going to make people happy. I mean, you don't have to. But if you want to make people happy, you want to encourage them, you want to give them more years of ministry, show up early. Stay later. Bless other people. And, and this goes along with this. Uh, second, talk to visitors first. If you have any greeting time at all, 
when the, if the pastor says, hey, let's greet each other, and particularly if it's a prolonged greeting time, could you go to the visitors first? Uh, for me, nothing troubles my heart. Well, I shouldn't say nothing troubles my heart. More murder and violence troubles my heart. But in the church context, when, when we do greeting time and I see people greet their friends first and not the visitor, that just breaks my heart. Uh, and I know we're loving. It's just habit. It's just the habit of what people do. But if people wanted to encourage me, and I know it's not all about me, and we could say it's you know about God, but just for me, man, if you, when I look and I see a visitor welcomed, I see someone turn and encourage them. Uh, I, that and by the way, if you've showed up early and stayed late, you're going to be able to connect with all your friends. But during that greeting time, the visitor, like they're not going to show up for anything; they're just there. And if you can welcome them and say hi to them, and man, you can encourage your pastors and leaders so much if you just talk to visitors first. The churches can be transformed by people who just love the visitors. Don't overwhelm them, but just love them. You don't even have to have a good sermon. You don't have to have good music. You don't have to have good programs, but just visitors that feel loved and welcomed. Another one, invest in the hurting people. Uh, sometimes people are like, ah, you know, I don't go to church. The pastor do, does a bad job, and the music does a bad job, and... And they have all these reasons for not going to church. And my pushback against that is I've pastored for 20 years and every week a hurting person comes through the doors. And even if I was the world's worst pastor, that hurting person would let you love them. And if you invested in hurting people, your life would just open up. If you just find a hurting person and hurting people where they're out of work, uh, you know, they're divorced and feel neglected and broken and they're just hurting. I, I don't need, you understand. They're just hurting. They're in need. They have need, and their need is so great, they don't even know what to do with that need. You, you could grow in the Lord. I, I believe this. You could go to a church where the sermon, you didn't remotely relate to the sermon, you didn't remotely relate to the worship, but if you just showed up early and stayed late and found hurting people and loved them, you could grow. You could thrive as a Christian. This whole concept, well, I can't thrive because the leadership, it's just a false notion. Every church, there's somebody coming through the doors just hurting. And, and you could be the kingdom for that person. And a level for me, though, this as a pastor, when I see someone investing in a hurting person, when I know that someone gave a ride you know, to the hospital to someone or someone brought a meal, and not that we had to make another program, but they did it just out of relationship, and that means everything to me. Invest in the hurting people or invest in the new people. Welcome the new people. Here's another way to show appreciation to a pastor. Uh, give feedback. When they've preached, when they've shared their heart, or they've led worship, or they've taught your kids in Sunday school, or children's church, or youth group, give positive feedback. Here's the reality. Negative feedback will come. People who are upset will express that. But as something has happened in our culture, and we do this in our own relationships, right? We sometimes, the people we love the most, we forget to praise. We forget to intentionally say nice things to the people we're the most comfortable with. But I know for me as a pastor, there can be Sundays where, you know, you preach a message, you preach your heart out, and you get hardly any feedback whatsoever. Just kind of a silence. And people go on with their life. And remember, the pastor can be under attack. This can be a spiritual battle. 
feedback is important when someone says, you know what you said here was very encouraging. Or when I get a Facebook post, there's a friend in our church who will just send me a little Facebook message telling me about something in the sermon that blessed him. He always apologizes for bothering me. And I'm, I'm like, please don't apologize. Thank you. Thank you for giving feedback. You want to encourage your pastor intentionally. And some people have said, well, you know, we have, a, we have a large church and I don't want to bother the pastor. Well, then just write a little note. And the first time they open the note, they're going to get nervous because notes are often dangerous things, right? But put your name on it, write a little note of encouragement and get it to the pastor. And guess what? They're going to look for your notes. They're going to want your notes. Not a note telling them what they did wrong or right. And they, you know, People, pastors, we have so many stories of people coming to our church who do crazy things. Who are like, you know, I'm a good expert at telling people what's right or wrong with their sermons. That's the gift God gave me. So uh, I'm going to start giving you feedback on your sermons. People do stuff like that. They come into a church and they just start giving us what's right and wrong with their sermons the first week we're there. The first week they come, they start saying all these really negative and critical things that you would never say to a stranger. On the same hand... You can minister to someone or with someone for five years, 10 years, 15 years, and you seldom get feedback. You can have a 20-year anniversary and they don't even acknowledge it. Those are the realities of ministry. So if you can be intentional in your feedback, if you can be intentional in how you love people and love your pastors, if during the sermon you hear something that you're like, this is good, or you see the pastor do something that you like, or you find yourself during the week praising the church for something, can you send an email? Can you write a text? Can you go up after the service? And can you communicate that encouragement? That makes a world of difference. Another way to encourage uh, your pastor is to love the church. Not just to love the pastor, but to love the church. An example of this, I found people who, uh, they'll stop going to church. It's a common thing. They'll stop going, and one of the things they'll do is they'll stop going, and they'll be like, well, I didn't go, and the pastor didn't notice, and the pastor didn't call me. And it's usually a very personal thing. It's one thing. They're upset with something the pastor has done, and then they're upset that the pastor won't make it right. Now, let me just acknowledge this. Maybe they're completely right. Maybe, yeah. Pastor's not doing it right, and they're upset with that. But there's something fundamentally wrong with that whole foundational premise. If you're involved in a church, it's about the people. When you isolate from church because you're upset with the pastor, that means you have no relationship with anyone in the church, and that's been your choice. I've seen people who they've been involved in a church for 10 years, and during that 10 years, people have come and gone and come and gone, and yet they refuse to have relationships with new people. That's not the new people's fault. That's our fault. Now, some of us are introverts and some of us are extroverts, but we have to look at our lives in this way and understand this reality that our goal is to love the church. I couldn't, if a leader had bothered me or upset me or hurt me, I would still need to come to church because there's people I love. There's people I'm invested in. It's not about me anymore. 
Maybe the first year or so it's about you, but it's about the other people. It's about the people you've been praying for. You care about their marriage and you care about their kids. And, and even if, and this does happen, where if the leadership is so corrupt, you can no longer go there, you still need to say goodbye to the people you love. But there's a whole culture out there of people who just get upset with the pastor and leave and disappear, and they don't have connection with the body of Christ. What encourages me is when people love the church. I don't know, I might keel over. This could be my last podcast. How's that for ominous? My wife hates it when I say stuff like this, but this could be it. This could be the last podcast. I could die tragically or humorously. I don't know. <laughs> this would be really ironic, wouldn't it? But, you know, I could keel over. And if people just stopped going to Evergreen Church because I killed over, I'd be so sad. I'd be so disheartened. You'd say, well, you're in heaven, Doug, you're good. But, I, you know, <laughs> what a sad thing. I want people to love the people. What encourages my heart is when they love the people. It's weird that... Some people are, they don't like leadership-driven churches, and they're very upset about it. They're like, you know, it shouldn't be about the leader. It shouldn't be about the leader. And, you know, the leader said something I didn't like, and so I'm not going anymore. And I'm thinking, if it shouldn't be about the leader, then why aren't you invested in more people in this church? If you really believe church shouldn't be about the leader, then you should be more connected with people than anyone else in that church. But often the same people who are, it shouldn't be about the leader, are almost solely connected to the leader and disconnected to everyone else. Boy, I didn't quite want to say all these things. Man, you know, I start out thinking it's going to be so encouraging. And by the end, I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Just defended a bunch of people. But I believe these things are true. Uh, the community of God, it's like, you know, if Christ is in you, Christ would never do Christ would never do this. Well, that person sinned against you, so no longer love the other hundred people in the room. There's just no scenario like that. Well, you're upset with the worship leader, so no longer love anyone else in the room. You had a bad interaction with a woman in women's group, so no longer love everyone in the room. You don't like the youth leader, so no longer love anyone in the room. Just cut yourself off from everyone. That's just antichrist. It's just not at all the church. We can do both. We can go, man, you know, this is terrible what this person's doing. We got to deal with that. But I'm still going to love other people. Now, you know, sometimes people in power, you're like, I love the rest of you, but this person in power is not treating me well. I have to go somewhere else. I get that concept. Or it can even be like, I love you guys but the pastor is boring me silly. <laughs> That's okay. There's preference things as well. But when you love people, there's no scenario where you're just staying at home waiting for someone to call you. There's just none because there's people you love. And that's a sign that you didn't open your heart to love anyone. And that's a sign right now you're closing your heart off to everyone. It's just a sign that you're allowing death to motivate your life, that you're waiting for one person to rescue you, and then you'll love other people? One of the things that encourages me is when people stop becoming impressed with me, and they're like, you know, Doug's Doug, but I'm about this church, and I'm going to start loving people. That encourages my heart greatly. Focus on the people that need loved. Focus on the church. 
Another way to encourage your pastor is focus on ministers and ministries that don't get as much love, that aren't platformed as much. And so basically focus on everything else other than the senior pastor. Uh, Think about your youth leader. Leading youth is very difficult. It's very difficult. Uh, One of the struggles with leading youth is you're leading youth. Holy cow. (laughs) That's a gifting, right? I can be a good youth leader until I'm a terrible youth leader. I'm like really nice and clever and funny. And then like halfway through the youth event, I'm just yelling at all the kids. And even the good kids are looking at me like, what is his problem? So it's amazing. The giftings to be a youth leader, it's amazing. But one of the problems with being a youth leader is you're leading youth where they really can't advocate for your position. And so often, even if you invest in them, they move on, right? They move on to college, they move to something else. And so you can't build this group of people who are kind of for you and your advocates. They keep moving on and moving on. And yet you can maybe have a conflict where one kid doesn't like you and then the parents don't like you. And then you're stuck with these parents who are upset with you. And maybe you have a church that's not supporting you. And all you have is these kids who really can't speak on your behalf because we don't value the kids as much as we value the adults. And so youth are, youth leaders are often put in these very difficult situations. And they're often paid little to nothing. Invest in your youth leaders. If you love your youth leader or you think they're trying their best, can you start encouraging them? Can you intentionally go to them and bless them? Can you understand how important it is to get a Starbucks card from you? Or or ask them, what do you like? What would you do if you had the money? Could you invest and bless your youth leaders? Or maybe ask, you know, do you need a volunteer? And be the kind of volunteer who's just going to support and bless and encourage. I think about for children's ministry and nursery work. Can you bless and encourage the nursery workers? Can you maybe volunteer? Say, I can't lead a class, but I'm going to volunteer. Can you encourage and bless them? Find them. Thank them. They showed up in the summer. They didn't take a break. They kept going. When they felt bad, they didn't stop. When they were in a bad place, they didn't stop. And they don't have any more moral resolve than you. They don't have any more moral character than you. They've just been faithful. And they're doing really difficult stuff. Can you encourage them? You can change the lives of thousands. You can change the lives of how many people if you encourage a nursery worker about ready to quit, who's holding and loving the babies. Not just tolerating the children, but loving the babies. Loving the children. Worship leaders. Man, worship leading is so difficult. And sometimes we have all these rules about what kind of worship music we should sing and what kind of worship, you know, just all these worship rules. You can bless a worship leader by afterwards just encouraging them and thanking them. When's the last time you thanked the worship leader? When's the last time you sent a note of appreciation? Okay, we're almost done here. I'm going a little long, but this is, this is important, and I figured, you know, I might as well either encourage everyone or offend everyone. I don't, I don't know how this quite works. <laughs> but another great thing for pastor appreciation, maybe I'm doing this because I'm a pastor, and it's pastor appreciation, so you can't be upset at me for a couple more days here. But uh, choose another month to celebrate, 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 to celebrate pastor appreciation day. Here's a great way to appreciate your pastor. Just pick another month. Do October, but pick another month as well. In July, say, I'm picking July to also show appreciation and send some funny note or some encouraging thing. If you did something like that, that would encourage your pastor greatly. 
And the last one here is ask them how you can speak into their life or how they can speak into your life. Come up and say, how can I encourage you? How can I be a blessing to you? How can I serve you? And then maybe do this. And this, this is one of the most encouraging things. Say something like, you know what, Pastor? I want you to speak into my life. So if you see something in my life that's not right, if you see an area where I can grow in my relationships, in my marriage, in my parenting, I want you to speak into my life. You have permission to speak into my life. I've probably only had a handful of people who've given me permission to speak into their life. They've given me permission to encourage them, to bless them, to serve them. But to speak into their life, that is a sacred thing. And there's nothing more encouraging as a pastor than when someone says, I trust you. So you can do more than just encourage me. You can come in and you can say, hey, you know that attitude you have? It's, it's not right. I've been noticing you're really critical with your kids, and, and I think that's not good, and we need to talk about this. To say that, to say you can speak into my life, and I'm not going to get offended, and I'm not going to leave the church, and I'm not going to lash out at you, man, man, can you encourage someone. And by the way, you're going to grow as a person as well. Okay, those are some ways that we can encourage our pastors, our leaders. Pray about what God wants you to do and do it. You can change the lives of thousands. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. I'd love to get your feedback. 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. You can go to my website, fairlyspiritual.org, fairlyspiritual.org, and you can donate to keep the radio show on the air. We we need your donations so that we can be on the air. Uh, about $100 a week. So far, that's not coming in. But if it can come in, we can stay on the air. And then also pick up the book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor at Amazon. Love you guys. I will see you next time. Another-